What's up, everybody? It's episode 22 of the Follow You Anywhere podcast, and I am here with somebody else that's not Cam again, and I'm glad I didn't promise that he would be here last week because he's not with us again, but he's got another good reason not to be here. He's going to be having a baby tonight. I mean, he's not, but his wife is. But probably tomorrow. But he's involved in the process, and so he's getting prepared for all of that, and so he's not with us today, but uh, I've got the privilege of having my wife Lauren on here again with us, and we're going to talk about parenting, and felt like that would be a very fitting topic to discuss since Cam and Courtney are entering in to the parenting world. Congratulations. Congratulations. Having a baby tonight. They're inducing tonight. And, um, well, if they're inducing tonight, they might not have the baby tonight. It might be tomorrow. Or or, even the next day. Yeah, maybe Thursday, which would be really cool because that's my birthday. That's right. And so, hey, it's possible. It's probably not desirable, but it's possible. My mom was in labor with me for 54 hours. I think 54, 52, 54, I don't 50 know. 50 something. something. 50 something. Something insane. Pretty crazy. So we will uh, pray that that's not the case with Kim and Courtney. Well, most people will. I pray that it lasts long enough to where Noah can have the same birthday as me because that would no, be cool. No, you don't. But, no, I'm not going to wish that on you, Cam. No. I'm not going to wish that don't on wish you. Don't wish that on Courtney. I'm, uh, Bless her heart. Yeah, that's what I meant, Courtney, of course. Yeah. Hey, I don't know, though. Neither one of them. So she's the one that feels the pain, but I remember, which baby was it that we were in there? I was like, babe, you're making too much noise. I can hear you breathing, and I'm trying to concentrate on my contractions. I'm in so much pain. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was every pregnancy. <laughs> no, it was not. Yeah, it was. No, God always the, feels the pain. No. <laughs> the first one was a natural delivery. The other two were C-sections, so it's it's different. Oh, no, it's still the same. Really? Yeah. But it was scheduled C-sections. I don't feel like I was cranky. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, you started at eight weeks. Oh! Don't even. Yep, that's how it works. Every time. Seven months of misery for the husband. Don't say that. And a mere, I don't know, couple hours for the woman. Oh, yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm just kidding. All the women are so mad at me right now. No, I'm just joking. But uh, yeah, we're talking about parenting today. And in honor of Cam and Courtney that are entering into the parenting world. And so we're going to talk about some biblical principles uh, in regards to parenting. And we'll just start off by talking about what parenting is. Uh, Not like by definition. By definition, it's when... A husband and wife get married, have kids, and then they're responsible for those kids. But I mean, what does the Bible say that parenting is? What does the Bible say that children are? And it's in Psalm 127. Do you know what the answer is? What parenting is and what children are? A blessing. Yeah, close enough. A gift, a blessing. Psalm 127 in verse 3, it says, Behold, children are a heritage. Uh, That's New King James. Yeah. But they're a gift. They're a blessing. They are. Same thing. A blessing, a heritage, a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. 
my favorite part right here, verse 5. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. You know why? Because the more kids they have, the more warriors they have. Oh, my goodness. Their enemies ain't got nothing on that big family. Well, I guess we need to have some more kids. Eh, That's not exactly (laughs) what it means in context. But uh, children are a gift from the Lord. And, of course, like any gift, you've got to take the gift, receive it, first of all, but you got to open it up, apply it. And so just because you have kids doesn't mean that you're fully embracing the gift of children yeah. and the gift of parenthood. Because there's a lot and of parents so, who don't. That's right. We want to talk about how you receive that gift and how you use that gift in a way that glorifies God. And ultimately, it starts with a commitment, which we encourage all parents to do, where you say, okay, God, this is a gift from you, and... I receive this gift, but because I understand that it's from you, I give it right back, and I yeah. commit this child Oh, that's to so you. hard to do. Yeah. Like just saying, okay, God, your will be done. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want to happen, just let it happen, because we know that sometimes his will is for pain and suffering to happen, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. so hard as a parent to say, okay, sure, yeah, whatever you want to happen. Yeah, but if you're if you're serious about committing your yeah. child to the Lord, that's what you're saying. You say, I God, know. I trust you. Yeah. Uh, you're good. You're full of grace and mercy, and this is a gift from you. That's and right. I don't want to hold on to it and do it my way. I don't want to be the parent that, that I think I should be. Um, I want to be the parent you've called me to be, and I want to honor you with my parenting, and I want to honor you with this child. And so I commit this child to you. And yeah. if you're listening and you have small children, you've not ever done that, um, we would love to help you with that. If you're a member here at Emmanuel or you're in the Pace area, uh, help you with that process of making that official commitment uh, before the church and before the Lord and a parent-child commitment service. So important to do. If you're not here local, uh, get with your, your pastor, uh, your children's ministry leader there in your local church and Take care of that because um, obviously you can make the commitment yourself, Mm -hmm. but I think there's something significant about doing that and allowing the church to be a part of that. Uh, Just like, you know, baptism, Lord's Supper, those type things that we do as a church and we come together and we say, hey, we're in agreement that this is good, that children are a gift from God, that parenting is a gift from God, and we want to honor the Lord in our parenting. And uh, it's very important to do it the way God says that we should do it. Um, And of course, if you're a Christian husband and wife, you get married and you do it the right way. You know, you you wait until after you're married, you have kids. God blesses you with the gift of parenthood and the gift of children as a godly husband and a godly wife who have waited, they've had kids, it's all going to be smooth from then on out, right? Because if you've done it God's way and the children are a gift from God, (laughs) Uh then obviously as a a husband that loves the Lord and a wife that loves the Lord, they've done it God's way. I mean, having children is going to be a breeze. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? You're going to be the perfect parents because you're you're Christians that love the Lord. You'll never yell at your kids. That's right. You'll never say things you don't mean. Oh, yeah. 
Because we never do that. Because we are the perfect parents, right, babe? Aren't we perfect parents? Oh, uh, wait, maybe not. Romans three twenty three: For all have sinned and fall short of the glory That's of right. God, even when it comes to parenting. Oh yeah. So no one has it fully figured out. Hey, children are a gift from God. Parenting is a gift from God, and the Bible is clear on some some things that we're going to talk about on how. We are to be the parents God's called us to be, but if you're listening and you say, man, I just feel like I'm not a great parent, mm. join the club. Yep. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. Yeah. And if you think, man, I've got this all figured out, and I am the perfect parent, then holler at us. We'll get you on the <laughs> podcast, because we need your wisdom, Yeah, uh, and you probably also need to... Repent. Take a step back. Because <laughs> <laughs> no one's perfect. Take a dose of humility. Yep. <laughs> because there's no such thing as a perfect parent. That's right. But let's talk about what the Bible says that we should do as godly parents. What does it look like? Because, you know, podcasts follow God anywhere. What does it look like to follow God through parenting? Well, the first thing that... I think comes to my mind is the primary purpose and responsibility of a parent as it relates to their child, which is, you know, starts with a D. Disciple. Discipleship. Train your children up. Discipleship. Yeah. Yeah. They are our tiny disciples. That's right. Uh, God has given us clear instruction in his word that as the parents, we are to be the disciples of our children. And I love what uh, Deuteronomy 6, 7 through 9 says. I, you know, you hear this verse a lot, especially when you think about the commands that God gives us as parents to disciple our children. And um, you'll, you'll know it as soon as I start reading it. But it's a great verse that kind of unpacks what that looks like in the day-to-day. And it says... Well, back up in verse 6. It says, These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And then verse 7 says, You shall teach them diligently to your children. Obviously, God talking to Israel here, but this applies to us. This is great instruction for us as uh, people that love the Lord and have surrendered to Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. Um, If we're going to be the godly parents God's called us to be, you shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Amen. So why don't you just kind of summarize for us what that means for us as parents? We need to constantly be pointing our kids to the cross. We need to be talking with them about Jesus. We need to um, make Christ the center of our lives. And we need to not just tell them that they need to do those things, but we need to show them. And um, I think one of the things that, you know, we did just the other day, you know, you had the kids um, come in the room and we were talking about the 4th of July and talking about the importance of it and what it stood for, talking about the Bible and the freedom that we have in Christ and, um, just praying with the kids and having them recognize those things. And yeah, I think that. Yeah. The key word there is 
constantly, yeah. right? Consistently. This is something that you should consistently do. This is not just a one day a week thing. Right. This is certainly not a one or two day a year thing. This is not just something you do on special occasions. Right. Like parenting is something that you do every second of every day. And within that allotment of time that God has given you to be the parents in that season, which it is a season, right? You yeah. don't get to be uh, a parent to, well, you get to be a parent maybe all your life. But, but it's different. To small children, yeah. it's, you know, where they're totally living different. in your home, it's, yeah. it's different. And that's only for a season, well, I guess, unless your name's Abraham or Sarah <laughs> and you're heroes of faith in the Bible. But outside of Abraham and Sarah, there's just a season in your life where that's a a possible thing. So you have to take advantage of that and time. And you've got to take advantage of that yeah. time. And and within all of that allotment of time that God gives you to be a parent, you've got to constantly be pointing them to Jesus yeah. above all. And you've got to look for opportunities where you can do that. Because like Proverbs 22, 6 says, your responsibility as a parent, as the discipler, is to train the child in the way they should go. Yeah. So that when they're old, they won't depart from it. Now, that's that's a proverb, a promise. It doesn't mean that if you do everything that you're supposed to do as a parent, which none of us are going to do, we're all going to at times fail to be the parents God's called us to be. But in general, if you know, for the most part, you are the parent God's called you to be. I mean, you're constantly pointing them to Jesus. Uh, you're praying with them, you're studying God's Word with them, you got them in church, you're teaching them the principles of God's Word, all of those things. It doesn't mean that when they grow up, they're not going to fall away. Right. It doesn't mean that they're... Because that um, happens a lot. Yeah, it doesn't, we know a it doesn't lot mean that they're always going to be the Christian man or woman God's called them to be. They're never going to stumble. They're never going to take a different path. But here's what it does mean. No matter how far they get from God, no matter how far they get from His Word, from His church, no matter how far they get, they will never forget what they were taught as a child. They will never forget the principles that they learn. And so that's constantly going to be in their heart, and they're not ever going to be able to escape it. They're not going to be able to turn from it. Even though they might turn from things that you wish they wouldn't turn from, they're not going to be able to escape what they've been taught. It's going to be ingrained in their mind and in their heart. Let's talk about, like, actually what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we can say a lot, like, you know, or we can say it over and over, you need to point them to the cross, you need to do all these things. But what does that actually look like? Well, for starters, you need to take them to church. Yeah, Uh, You need to not just take them once a month. You need to take them every Sunday. You need to open your Bible when you're in the service. You need to not be looking at your phone because your kids are watching. Our kids are constantly watching. And something that we do with our kids is every morning um, we tell them to get their Bible study. They know what that means. They go grab a specific book that we've gotten for them that they are going through. We have them get their Bible. We sit at the table. We do our quiet time. And this is something that we've not always done, but it's something that we've started more recently. And I can tell a difference. What do you think? Do you feel like you can tell a difference in the kids' attitudes even? And Sure. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, going back to what you said first, 
regularly attending a Bible-believing, yeah. gospel-centered church. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, very familiar passage of Scripture probably, says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, which, by the way, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, not only when we come to church, but that's what we're trying to do in the lives of our children as parents. Right. We want to stir up love and good works. We want them to be uh, the, the children that God's called them to be, children who love one another, who love others. We want them to be children who obey, that do good works. That's, that's what we want. Uh, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is in the manner of some, but exhorting one another in so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so that is a that that's an expectation of the follower of Jesus. And so certainly if we're going to be the parents that God's called us to be as the disciples, that should be an expectation yeah. of us Absolutely. on our children. And I hear people to say all the time, well, you know, I don't want to I don't want to make my kids go mm. to church. Why not? You make them take a shower. Make you make school. them brush their teeth. You make them go to school. You don't say, well, you know, I, I just don't want to force brushing <laughs> their teeth upon my children. And then you end up with a cavity. <laughs> no, because you know that it's in their best interest for them to brush their teeth. You don't say, well, you know, my kid, they really don't like taking a shower, and I don't want them <laughs> to grow up resenting taking a shower, so I'm not going to force them to take No! They take a shower because it's in their best interest and the interests of all of those around Amen. them for them to take a shower. And so there are things as a parent, you, you don't give your child the liberty to decide what's good or what's bad for them. No, it's your job as a parent yeah. to to decide for them because they don't know. You are, you are teaching them what's right. right. You're teaching them what's wrong. And you know better than they know what they need um, and what's important and, and what's going to keep them safe and healthy. And you don't just let your kid eat M&Ms every night for dinner because you know that's not good for them. Uh, you make your kid go to church. Yeah. If you're going to be the godly parent you have been called to be, you do not give your child an option on whether or not they're going to go to church. Yep, and then when they're adults, they can decide what they want to do. But hopefully you will have instilled that in them, and you will have shown them the passion that you have for church and the passion that you have for Christ, and they'll want to continue on with that. But I think a big part of it is also not just taking them to church, but showing them Christ in your house. Yeah. Because what is it that you say? I I can't remember the exact phrase, but, um, you know, we can bring kids to church, but the church is not supposed to be the main source of um, how do you word that? Do you know what I'm talking about? You've you've said it. You've said it a ton of times. Not really. You don't know what I'm talking about. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, that's not good because <laughs> I don't remember all of it. But but I do know that the church is the the church is supposed to equip the parents yes. to be the disciples. Right. But the church is not. I mean, the church should disciple. Absolutely. We've been called yes. to make disciples. But when it comes to parents and their children, the church is supposed to help the parents be yes, the disciples. That's the, what I was thinking. The of. parents have been called to be. Yeah. Um, as the, the church makes all... disciples, 
it's still primarily the responsibility mm-hmm. of the parents to be the primary disciple yes. of their children. Because they have them seven days a week. Whereas right. if you only bring your kid to church once a week, once a month, once a quarter, you can't expect them to just all of a sudden be like, oh, I went to church once a quarter when I was a kid and I occasionally saw Christ. Well, if they don't see Christ in your home and in you, why would they want to go to church? Yeah, and so it, it just practically it doesn't make sense to think that the church could have this influence or power over your child more than you when you think about all of the time that you have with your child versus right. the time that the church has. With that being said, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you've got to take advantage of that time. Yeah. Consistently use that time to point them to Christ. And that doesn't mean you have to be on top of them everywhere they go. We're not talking about helicopter parenting, okay? <laughs> You're not, we're, we're not saying you have to follow them everywhere they go, but you should invest time and energy into them as your children. Right. And, and one of the practical things I, I think that needs to be said, if you're going to be the parent God's called you to be, is you got to care enough about your child to want to spend time with them. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's teaching them. Sometimes that's just playing games. <laughs> like... Oh, Harry Potter Clue. It was so much fun. I don't even want to talk about it. You brought it up. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. You <laughs> okay. got to play games Did with our them. kids have fun? They had fun. They had so much fun. And you had fun until the last round. You don't answer the questions right. It's going to mess everybody up. That's right. You're going to guess wrong. You're out of the game. Oh, poor babe. I know. But it was fun. The kids had a great time. I'm over it. I've forgiven and moving <laughs> forward. No, but you got to play you got to play games with them. Watch yeah. movies with them. Throw the ball. Uh play with the dog. I mean, play with Barbies. dolls if yeah. you have small Daughters. You have to crawl into the tent that your body does not even fit uh, into just so that your five-year-old will be happy. But just spend time with yeah. them. And then use those opportunities that God gives you to point them to Christ. And right. you talked about, you know, a couple examples. So like, for instance, Fourth of July, it's a great opportunity to do what God's Word says which is to pray for our leaders. Right. And so it didn't take, what, five minutes? Kids, yeah. come here. Uh, we are blessed to live in the country that we live in because of the freedoms that we have. And there have been men and women that have sacrificed their lives fighting for the freedoms that we hold dear. And so um, we're going to pray And we're going to thank God for those freedoms. We're going to thank God for those men and women that have made those sacrifices. And we're going to pray for our leadership in our country that they would lead in a way that brings God glory and honor. And where they're not leading in that way, God would bring conviction and show them the need to to change, to reform. And um, we just thank God for the things that we could thank God for as it relates to our country, then we just prayed for our leadership. And the Bible says to do that, and it's something very simple, but it's an opportunity to show the kids what what it means to pray. And uh, prayer is not just something that you do before you go to bed. It's not just something that you do before a meal. Prayer is talking to God. And there are different specific ways that the Bible says 
that we should pray. We should pray for those that are sick. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we got a call over the weekends that uh, one of the young families in our church had a child that broke his arm. And um, so, you know, especially, I mean, just in general, there's an opportunity there to pray, but especially since he was friends with one of our children, we just had the children yeah. gather together with us and we prayed. Yeah. We, we prayed for the surgery. We prayed for the child. And uh, you have opportunities like that every day to, to pray and to show your kids the importance of prayer. Uh, you, you can have, always include them in on those things. I yeah. think sometimes we think, oh, we'll just pray real quick and be done. We'll move along with what we need to do. But include your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Allow them to be a part of it. And you're going to have a lot more opportunity to discuss God's Word That's if right. you're going to yeah. church consistently mm-hmm. and you're hearing messages that your kids are hearing or maybe they're not old enough to where they're in the service hearing the sermon. Um, they're getting a, a Sunday school lesson. Um, and so talk to them about what they're learning about. And it gives you opportunities to, one, to hear what they're learning about, but two, just to have discussion with them as it relates to God's Word. And hopefully you have different conversations than like we have with our five-year-old daughter. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Should we be concerned? Yeah, no. No? No, she's still too young. Yeah. Our oldest two have given their lives to the Lord. Um, They have been saved and baptized, and our youngest, our five-year-old. What did she say the other day? She doesn't want to go to heaven because there's no toys? There's no dolls? There's no... Sounds boring? She says, it's too boring. Yeah. And you always talk about it. You always talk about praising Jesus. It's just too boring. Yeah. No, don't dolls. Yeah. Ah. She's only five. She's only five. I'm still praying, but goodness gracious. Oh, she's definitely the one, though. She, oh, she is the one. She and everybody the one. has the one. Everyone has, I feel like, a child that gives them a run for their money. Don't give up. They're fun. Oh, They're yeah. lots and lots of fun. She's definitely going to be that one. She is. She's going to be. She is. So, she yeah. is that kid. She is. So, um, you know, primary responsibility is discipleship, uh, but kind of, Going into to something else, I think is important, and we kind of touched on it a little bit with you know not just teaching them but showing them, and we were talking about that with prayer. But demonstration, you know, that's something else. Not just telling them what they need to do, telling them to read the Word of God, telling them to pray, telling them it's important to go to church, uh, telling them what it means to be a godly man or a godly woman, but showing them. Right. And, and one way you show them is through doing what you're supposed to do as husband and wife, right? The Bible clearly gives us roles as husband and as wife that we need to show our children, those God-given roles. The husband is to be the spiritual leader, Mm-hmm. And the wife is to be the helper. And so yeah. the husband, as he provides that leadership in love, sacrificially leading his family, and the wife comes along and submits to the husband and helps the husband um, and, and is the primary nurturer uh, with the children, then then the children see, okay, if if it's a boy, he sees 
this is what it looks like to be a man. This mm-hmm. is what it looks to, like to be a godly husband. This is what it looks like to be a godly father. And the daughters see, this is what it looks like to be a godly woman. This is what it looks like to be a godly wife, a godly mother. And vice versa. That's right, yeah. The son sees, yep. this is what I need to look for right. in a godly wife. And the daughter sees, this is the bar that is set <laughs> for the one that's going to try to win my heart. Well, I have to tell you, my He's, dad set the bar really high. Yeah, he, as he as the father should and as yeah. the dad should. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and I so, feel like the girls will say the same thing about you. Yeah, I hope so. They um, will. But... You know the the Bible's pretty clear about those roles, and even in in the church, you know, same thing. God has established a line of authority to keep order. First Corinthians eleven three, the head of every man is Christ. The head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. There, there's order in everything that God gives us, and in the home, husband spiritual leader. Wife submits to the husband, and guess who the children submit to? Both the mother and the father. Do not let your kids be the head of your household. Mm. Our son thinks he's the head of the household. Don't let me start preaching. (laughs) So many households today where the parents are afraid to be the parents because they don't want to push their kids away. Mm. You know, they You're don't doing more damage than good absolutely. by allowing that. Absolutely. You've got to you've got to fulfill your God given role. Right. Men, you be the husband and father that God's called you to be as the spiritual leader, loving sacrificially. Women, you be the mother that and wife that God's called you to be. Um, helping your husband, submitting to your husband, loving and respecting your w- husband living in wisdom and purity, taking care of the home. Titus 2, 4, and 5 tells you what your primary responsibilities are. Uh, Nurture the children uh, as the primary caretaker of the children. And then you make sure, both of you make sure, that your children respect you, obey you, and if they don't, Guess what my third D is? Discipline. Discipline. Yeah. Oh, what does your mom say? If it's not immediate, it is not obedient. It's not immediate. It's not obedient. Yep. It used to drive me crazy when your mom would say that because I was a teenager and I'm thinking, yeah, I don't do things immediately. But now as a parent, I'm like, heck yeah, kids, if you don't do it immediately, you are not being obedient. I like it. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to be the discipler that God's called you to be. You've yep. got to demonstrate what right looks like. And you've got to provide, as the parents, discipline in the home. So we put soap in our kids' mouth when they're bad, when they say something they shouldn't say. Is that what you're saying? Is that where we're going with this? There are all <laughs> sorts of ways to discipline. But Proverbs thirteen twenty four says, He who spares his rod... Hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. Man, hates his son. Those are strong words. Yeah. So, obviously, when we think about the rod, we think of what? Spanking. Spanking. The physical consequences 
of disobedience. But it doesn't just have to be spanking. Yeah. I mean, there are all sorts of consequences. Mm-hmm. One of the, the best ways of disciplining our son. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I was thinking the same thing. Is taken away. Go the ahead. Xbox. Yeah, the Xbox. Remember the time when he was so bad that he didn't just lose his Xbox for a day? I literally ripped it off the wall and took it to you and you put it in the closet. Oh, yeah. And hit it. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was, like, so scared that I broke the whole thing. I was so mad at him. He was so bad. Yeah. And we were like, no, you've lost it. It's gone. Yeah. And I feel like that did more than spanking him. Yeah, you, I mean, he you've was got mad. To, you, you've got to provide discipline. Yeah. And, and you are the one that knows best what right. consequences yeah. are going to hurt the worst with your kids. Yeah. And so you discipline them according to... Yeah. What you know and what you understand about them. And the more time you spend with them, the more you invest in their lives, the more you understand what makes them tick, so to speak. And you know the most effective way to discipline them. And I feel like sometimes it's trial and error as well. I'm sitting over here chuckling. I don't know if you notice I'm laughing. I remembered something that happened. I think Lorelai was three years old. And so parents, if you say you're going to do something, if you say, kids, if you do this wrong, this is going to happen, then you have to follow through, right? Like you have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember the time when I told Lorelai if she didn't stop doing something, I was going to take all of her toys out of her room? Oh, yeah. And then what happened? She did it. We had to take all the toys we out of We started bagging all those toys And up. what did she say? Do you remember? No. She said, oh, my room's so clean. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trial and error. Uh, Trial and error. You go back to the previous statement. She's the one. She's the one. Yeah, she there's... for sure. We, we could probably think through some <laughs> other stories where the discipline has backfired on us with that one. But I think that also to point out follow through is important. Your kids are going to know, oh, mom said no, I can go ask dad. Let's see if dad says I can do this or vice versa. And so you also need to make sure that you are in agreement that if one parent says no, then the other parent's answer is going to be no. No, of course not. Yeah. And you always need to ask the question. Did you already talk to your mom or dad? What did your mom say? Yep, that's right. What did your dad say? I mean, if you're the dad, you don't ask what the dad said. That'd be strange. But you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. What did mom say? That's right. Mom, what did dad say? That's right. And if they tell you that you haven't talked to the other parent, but they really have. Ooh, that's bad. Oh, that's bad. Then the rod of correction is coming in full force. Yeah, that's really bad. It is. Because then you're not only disobeying, you're being dishonest, yeah. trying to play parents against each other. It's not, not going to turn out well. And you've got to really intensify that discipline. Proverbs 19.18, you know what Proverbs 19.18 says? Tell me. Chasing your son while there is hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. Now, we don't talk like that. Anymore, So let me give you a translation that maybe makes better sense. More simplistic paraphrase. Discipline your son, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to his death. Mm. Wow. Okay. Like, you don't discipline your kids, you're literally destroying them. Wow. I mean, you think about it, though. 
if they lack direction, then they're going to end up lacking self-control. And as they grow older, they're going to rebel. They're going to have little or no respect for any kind of authority, including God's. And so you don't discipline your kids. They don't learn what it means to have to obey and to submit to authority. They're liable to rebel against the governmental authority. They're liable to rebel against God's authority. They're not going to respect anybody. And then they go into a world full of rules and they realize they don't know how to obey rules. And so you're... There's a lot of kids like that. Yeah, you're just destroying them by not disciplining them. Now, at the same time, you got to balance the discipline with love. With love, it's got to be balanced with love, or the children may grow up resentful, discouraged. They could also grow up rebellious because you're not showing them love, and so you can't just be all discipline and authority with all, no love. But you also can't be all love with no discipline. Right. And, and by the way, that's impossible because if you are all love you will discipline them because if you truly yeah, love them that's right. you'll discipline them just like god yeah he loves us but there are still consequences for our sin yeah hebrews 12 i mean god recognizes that discipline is painful when it's happening but if it's followed by loving instruction it is beneficial to the child it is helping them grow into the man or woman that god has called them to be. But the Bible warns against taking it to an unhealthy level, especially dads. You know what, Pastor Christopher, I'm about to quote? It's the one I used to use all the time. Oh, I'd write it down oh, on a piece goodness. of paper, I'd fold it up, I'd make a paper uh, airplane, and I would be grounded <laughs> because I had already <laughs> disobeyed. And so I was already receiving. Uh, Discipline is it? Do not stir up. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Ephesians six four. You're gonna be in trouble when your son does this to you one day. He probably will. I mean, I, y'all are just alike. Yeah, he's probably gonna be listening to this podcast and be like, "Oh nope, yeah, don't let him listen. No, you don't can't listen, listen. Joe. If you're listening, turn this off right now." Um, <laughs> I doubt he's but, listening. <laughs> but I remember, I would be grounded. I would not have access to any of my video games, couldn't be listening to music. I was just locked in my room, but I still had access to a pen and paper and a Bible. No oh boy. And so I would write this verse out, and I couldn't leave my room because I was grounded to my room, but my parents were catty corner to Conveniently. me. And I could throw a paper airplane in to let them know that I'd been studying the Word of God, faithfully. Mm -hmm. And I'd come to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And well, I, they were bringing you up in the training <laughs> and admonition of the Lord. You just were not taking it. Yeah, that's not exactly what the Lord had in mind yeah. when he inspired Paul to write that to the church at Ephesus. But... You know, as a teenager, I had all the answers. Yeah. And I knew exactly what God meant. Your parents and were dumb. They didn't know anything. That's right. right? My, my yeah. dad was sinning against God and needed to repent. From punishing you? From punishing me. <laughs> Actually, I think, wasn't it probably your mom who did that? I feel like she, like when I've talked to her about this story, she said that it was her. I don't know. You don't know. Maybe you did this more than once, though. I think I did a time or two. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I knew that verse really well. You did. It was one that I had memorized. Mm-hmm. They didn't teach that one to me in Awana, though. I bet they didn't. I don't know And I bet not. your mom didn't teach you that verse. Your dad didn't teach you that verse. But you learned it. I learned it. You were hiding God's word in your heart. Hiding God's word in my heart. <laughs> and in my airplane. And in your airplane. I'd throw it across the room. But, yeah, so you got to balance. You know, balance yeah. discipline with love. And it uh, tends to be that... Lauren offers a little bit more love, and I offer a little bit more discipline, but we work together that way. But every now and then, you mm. lose it. You're like, no, we're taking all your toys. Taking your we're Xbox. we're bagging them up. <laughs> I hope I didn't rip the wall when I pulled your Xbox off the cords, off the table. Yeah. But we've got to remember that children are a gift from the Lord. They are. And God knows that we have been equipped to handle the difficulty of some children that at times can mm. be very challenging. Mm-hmm. And so we, <laughs> we get that children, gift. Though. We get that gift. Yeah. And uh, we understand that it is a gift. But yeah. hey, uh, I just thought about, in honor of Cam, a what? song. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. You haven't done a song yet. That, that fits everything that we're saying perfectly okay um well not everything because it's not a christian song so oh my goodness <laughs> has nothing to do with discipleship or demonstration or um, discipline or discipline but it does have to do with making the most of every opportunity that god gives you with your children and uh, i love this song and it kind of makes me tear up oh, when i listen to i know it. what it is so well maybe i don't For our listeners, a good word of encouragement from the man. Oh, yep. So I've been trying to slow down. I've been trying to take it. And it's here today, gone tomorrow. Take a nap and wake up in your 25 and your high school sweetheart becomes your wife. Don't wait, you just might miss your babies growing like my knee. Turning into moms and dads, next thing you know, you better have a 50 years there and then. Pray God takes you instead. Trust me, friend. So you got to disciple, you got to demonstrate, you got to discipline, but don't blink. That's right. They're going to be grown before you know it. Lauren's over here tearing up. It gets me every time. That five-year-old's going to be 25 and married and then 45 with kids. And uh, yeah, happens too fast. It does. And so don't miss the opportunities that God gives you to be the parent that God's called you to be. Children are a gift from the Lord. Amen. And uh, you need to embrace the gift that God has given you. Thank God every day for your children. 
honor him with the way you parent them and uh, continue to show them what it means to be a child of God. Uh, Show your daughters what it means to be a woman of God. Show your sons what it means to be a man of God. And uh, don't just teach them. Show them. Disciple them. Definitely. And when they get out of line, discipline them. And uh, the Word of God promises that if you do that, they're not going to forget about what they've been taught. They will always remember how you were the parent that God had called you to be and how you brought them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. All right, that's all I've got today. Lauren, you got any final thoughts for us as we wrap up? Try not to cry. Wipe the the tears out of your eyes. Yeah. Thanks, KHS. Uh huh. Kenny Chesney. Yeah, we played his uh, baptism song. It wasn't as emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm good now. Uh, You ruined it for me. (laughs) Talk about being baptized along with the Buffalo Nickel. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you and your country music. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, Cam. I just had to. I just had to throw a country song in there Always. for you. But uh, that's it. That's episode twenty-two, and I'm not even going to say Cam's going to be back for episode twenty-three. <laughs> They're having a baby because we don't know what the future holds. But hopefully, Cam will be back with us next week. And uh, if not, we understand. But yeah. uh, that's episode twenty-two. So episode twenty-three will be next week. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode on parenting. Remember, continue to share and uh, help us get the good news of Jesus Christ out to a lost world that's messed up and uh, in need of guidance, direction, and hope. But uh, we'll see you next time. Follow you.